Welcome to the Nifty Podcast, presented by Partyfish Media, a showcase of the best emerging filmmakers under the age of 25 from all around the world. Film starts here at Nifty 2018, presented by Oculus from Seattle, Washington. I am Robert Spiewak, one of the programmers of Nifty 2018, and uh, I am sitting down here with Jesse King, the director of a documentary, In the Dark, that was in our screening here, The Human Condition, this year. Welcome. Hi, thanks. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, no, it's great to have you here. Um, so why don't we just start with, um, like, tell us about, kind of give us, like, the baseline synopsis of your documentary and, like, tell us tell us about it. Sure. So In the Dark is a documentary about performance, persistence, purpose, and Phyllis. So Phyllis is a holistic chiropractor living mm-hmm. in Austin, Texas, and she practices medicine out of her own home that's split into an office, and she claims to cure dyslexia. Yeah. So I, for the film, I followed her for two patients. Well, two patients made it into the film. I followed a couple more than that and kind of watched their transformation from beginning to end. The mm-hmm. treatment is is five to seven days only. Um, so by the fifth or seventh day of treatment, usually patients can read and write correctly without flipping their letters or words around. Yeah. So it's pretty, it's pretty uh, interesting to it watch. Was, it was, it was bananas. Like um, just for me, uh, if, if you don't mind, um, there's uh, one particular sequence uh, just for someone that um, maybe doesn't understand what dyslexia is um and so i don't know do do you have like a definition of dyslexia sure just so so that i don't one out of five people worldwide have dyslexia so it's actually a learning disability that affects a lot of people my brother and father both have dyslexia Mm -hmm. and that's kind of what pushed me to make the film and figure out how she was curing and helping these people so dyslexia is defined as a learning disability that affects kind of the neurons and I'm trying to give you the simple version of it sure, but basically sure. uh, people can't read well with mm-hmm. dyslexia and there's a bunch of different areas on the spectrum that dyslexia falls on yeah. nobody's dyslexia is really the same mm-hmm. so they see things differently words can move around on a page letters can be flipped upside down and around and some people see letters dancing on a page mm-hmm. some people will black out letters completely or numbers as well and it just makes it really difficult for them to read and succeed in school as you see yeah in the film. Yeah. yeah and so i think one of the parts one of the moments in the film that like really uh, made the ends meet for me, like where I was like, oh, I get it, um, was there's a sequence where um, Phyllis is having um, the little the little girl mm-hmm. uh, Kate. follow f- Kate, mm-hmm. yeah, follow her finger, and there's this close-up on Kate's eyes, and you see them like twitching. I'm, I'm holding my fingers up and like simulating it, but it's like this this twitching back and forth as she's trying to follow her finger. And that was one of the parts where like my mind was like blown watching the documentary because I don't think there has ever been like a more evocative any anything for me to just like understand what dyslexia is it's a, it's a, like a, mo- a motor disorder and um, I guess I'd never realized that it was something as physical as that part of the documentary made it look Right. Right, right. So it was really hard for me, too, in the beginning and during the pre-production stages to figure out how 
I could make a very visual cinematic film about reading (laughs) for the lack of being able to read. So for me to that moment where I saw Kate's eyes was really like, oh, I get it. Like this. So Phyllis says that everything she's doing is scientific. And some of that is, you know, questionable as you're watching the film. Like, um, how is it scientific? In what way? But that moment for me, whenever you see Kate's eyes and all of the, the people that I've tested myself on who have dyslexia they can't their eyes can't track a Mm -hmm. finger on a page and so that's why they can't read the words on the page left or right because you can see their eye movements they're having rapid eye movements they're cross-eyeing just as you they try to follow a a straight line something as simple as just a straight line Mm -hmm. back and forth so what the the treatment is is a lot of it is therapy Mm -hmm. almost for them and then another half of it is strengthening those eye muscles and doing that kind of TikTok kind of back and forth hypnotic type motion strengthens their eye muscles and that's what helps them be able to pull the lines back together on a page to be able to read. So for me that was the most scientific aspect of everything where it kind of shows wow you know they there is obviously an issue here you know and then by the end of the week they really didn't have those kinds of issues again with their eyes. Wow. Wow that's I think that was something that I and, and maybe this is on me that I didn't pick up on, on how short of a time span that therapy is. Because for some reason, I thought this must be something that is like physical therapy that's over the course of like a couple months or something. But you're saying it was like in the course of a week. Yeah, so this which was is, in, the, in the course of a week. Um, I originally had that in the film, but the doc, Phyllis, she didn't want me to put it in there oh, for okay. liability purposes. So if someone came to her expecting after watching the that. film, they would be expecting it to be in five to seven Got days. It. But that's what she, that's how long the treatment is in general. Mm-hmm. She just had a, a lot of requests from me (laughs) to include what to include and what to not include in the final film and so that was one of them but all of the treat I saw her work on three separate patients Mm -hmm. and two are in the film and then I spoke to hundreds of her past patients as well and they all kind of had the same story five to seven days we're in we're out it's it's 20 it's something like 20 sessions so however the patients want to divide that those 20 oh, sessions okay. so they can divide them in the course of six months mm-hmm. or in a year um, but they can also cram all the sessions like we did for the film into five or seven days so wow. she's worked with people from all over the world mm-hmm. so if they need to come in they can only come in for a week then that's what she does but she also works with people out of Austin for months mm-hmm. just depending on their payment structure and like what sure. they want to do and things like that yeah wow that's um that's like actually like amazing um at least to me I don't I don't know about everybody but um and so I'm 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 a little curious because there's like archival footage um that is in the documentary of of Phyllis and there's like old interviews from looks like the 80s or 90s yeah it looks like it was on VHS tape um and so I'm 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 curious about um you said you had family members that you know um had dyslexia how how did you beyond like through them how did how did you like get connected with with Phyllis sure so she is a chiropractor by her doctorate standards mm-hmm. and my uncle lives in Austin Texas and he was actually recommended to see Phyllis for her chiropractic purposes oh. so the tapping that you see in the film um, that's all she does for chiropractic as mm-hmm. well so he was going to have to have surgery a major back surgery yeah. and before he had surgery he was 
recommended to see Phyllis just as a one last like stop resort sure. before surgery because it was yeah. pretty serious. So we saw Phyllis and he claimed that uh, she cured him and wow. just by just by the tapping and which is it, when you watch the film like that's you might think that there's more but there really is just hours I have hours and hours of footage of just tapping and so he (laughs) called me because he knew that I was at the Murray Center for Documentary Journalism at the University of Missouri and he was like yeah Jesse you have to make a movie about this (laughs) like this people won't believe it unless they see it yeah and so I was like you know like I'm pretty curious to why Phyllis isn't famous myself so that archival footage is from 30 years ago so she's been doing this treatment for 30 years so wow. to me, when my uncle tells me this, like, he was like, oh, like, she cured my back, da-da-da. And by the way, she also cures dyslexia. And I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, I don't even, I didn't understand the correlation. There's not really a correlation. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I, I definitely need to learn more about this no matter what. Yeah, so yeah. I gave Phyllis a call the next day, and we talked for a little bit, and she really, really wanted a film to be made about her. Wow. She just really didn't know. How to, how to get there, and the people that she talked to in the past, um, production companies, told her that it would be, you know, $100,000 oh, to yeah, make a yeah. documentary at best. And she knew I was a student, and that I and I was needing a project for my capstone, yeah. so I was like, you know, this kind of seems too good to be true, it seems perfect, uh-huh. and so that archival footage, she was extremely willing, you know, to hand over, that's on her YouTube page, and she yeah. has a hundred more videos just like it wow. for, you know, marketing to get and people to come in. And you've seen them all. In. Oh, I've watched them all. <laughs> And it was the greatest discovery, I think, of the film when um, my editor and best friend, Susie LaBelle, and I were (laughs) sitting in the editing lab at three in the morning looking through these old like YouTube videos, these old archival videos, and we stumbled upon the Dyslexia Detective video. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's by far my favorite. Um, And it's just like she's... But she's a perform. Phyllis is a performer, you know, like through and through. It's pretty obvious. Yeah. Like from like she can sing, she can play the piano, she dances, and she's just very much a crowd pleaser. So yeah. whenever she she has a bunch of those silly kind of gimmicky videos about her curing dyslexia, and I was like, you know, these need to go in the film because they're it was such an important part of who Phyllis was and what the story yeah. is that this has been going on for thirty years and she's been helping people for 30 years and curing them and she's nobody knows about her you know yeah, yeah. so that's after that I was like I was sold so I was like this we have to figure out what's going on here in Austin yeah. Texas so <laughs> yeah yeah um, I think one of the most um, one of the most interesting parts um, the 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 older woman who was mm-hmm. reading Harry Potter mm-hmm. and Jen. Mm-hmm. yeah Jen um, so I think what was really interesting about her was she she um, one of the interviews with her, she talks about um, she hates reading out loud. It's embarrassing, uh, and she just didn't she has never enjoyed it, and has felt that all through you know her school career and everything. Um, and so, I guess, how did you approach um, just as a documentary filmmaker? How did you approach um, asking them to appear? You know, in a film, you know, this is like a larger stage than just in front of a class to showcase, you know, something that they're already very self-conscious about. So how did you kind of coach her through that and 
convince her to be in the documentary, essentially. Right. So um, Jen, who is 28 years old in the film, she was she had struggled with reading her entire life, yeah. but she kind of you know made it through school and did her best, but she could not get a good score on her GRE, and uh-huh. she had taken it countless times and she at that point was willing to do anything in order to improve her score yeah and for her that's like really what brought her in for treatment like i just need wow. a good score on the gre she like, had that goal that's yeah. all i need you know it really wasn't bigger picture for her like i can learn how to read like my life can be changed yeah. it was just i need a good grade on this gre so i can get into grad school because she she she's extremely intense she's extremely intelligent i think that comes off in the film mm-hmm. but she just couldn't get it down because she couldn't read the paragraphs of like stories quickly in the GRE and be able to understand what she was reading. And she also really couldn't read out loud before. So the scene with Harry Potter I thought was really important because it took something that so many people from our generation love. Everyone loves reading Harry Potter. Very familiar and with, yeah. it, very familiar with everybody. And it was a traumatic experience for her. Oh and gosh. she was crying, talking about yeah, yeah. You how see she her tear up, and she's she like, "Oh, read my Harry Potter." Going. And she people made fun of her in school. There's there's mm-hmm. always you know that's a that's a too familiar story where people with dyslexia. Yeah get made fun of in school because people think that they're dumb or unintelligent and that's not the case at all and so she really came in with the goal of her GRE and this isn't in the film but her brother did the treatment with Phyllis five years before and he was cured after it and so their mom was just like well you need to go see Phyllis like that's all you need and so she you know Five years went by, I asked Jen why, your brother was cured of his dyslexia five years ago, why didn't you come sooner? And she was like, you know, I, I didn't, it wasn't as bad as my brother, I just kind of like worked with it. Sure. And that's how my brother and my father are. They, they never got any formal kind of like treatment or education for it, they just kind of work with what they got. And yeah, so yeah. that's how, and because until Phyllis, no one said that this was possible. So yeah. what would be the point of doing anything if no one, if it couldn't be cured kind mm-hmm. of. And so she was pretty willing to come in and she was uh, as a, not as vulner, vulnerable at first, like with the camera, cause it was a pretty small crew. It was me and a cinematographer and a sound man standing yeah. there. So it was, and then Phyllis, but we were in a really small room. Yeah, so we yeah. all, it, we were right there and she got really embarrassed because she was choking up and at one point said, you know, I'm 28 years old and can't even read in front of four people. Like, and I don't know yeah. what to do. Like, this is humiliating, you know? And, but overall, Jen was pretty empathetic to seeing younger like girls like struggling and especially Kate who mm-hmm. is was the exact same age as Jen was whenever she had her first traumatic experience like oh, with sure. reading and so to me that was really important to kind of parallel the two of them saying you know that Kate could end up like Jen if she doesn't get this kind of treatment because that was there they were at the same age yeah. whenever she started experiencing the bullying and like those feelings of self-doubt that the therapy of the treatment kind of works through yeah so she they were she was pretty willing to do it and the day before we were filming, the little girl wasn't even supposed to be in the film at all. Really? <laughs> at all. Wow. And she ended up being the star, obviously. Yeah, she, yeah. you know, lights up a room. And um, her, she, there was, uh, her mom was supposed to be the patient. And then at the last minute, her mom backed out because oh, okay. her work didn't want her to be shown as being dyslexic. Oh, And because they were... They were afraid. She is like a high power attorney, oh, and okay. they didn't want her to make them look bad or like 
show, you know, that there could be any faults on the office. Sure. And that was something that I that I had no idea before I started the film was how much shame was associated with dyslexia. Yeah. And so the day before the day before the film, the mom emailed Phyllis and said, Hey, I am not going to be in the film, uh -huh. but my seven year old daughter, Kate, who's diagnosed with dyslexia and autism, she yeah. can come in my place. And wow. I was like, oh, I was like, what am I gonna do? You know, this is a disaster. I have no idea. I didn't plan for this. And we kind of had to rework a lot of the things to deal with a seven-year-old on set. Sure. And that was really difficult. But I mean, overall, <laughs> Kate's amazing, and she's the star, and she's doing so well now in school. Yeah. Whereas before, she um, was in remedial classes, mm -hmm. and she was always separated from other students in yeah. uh, in all of her classes. And now she's with all of the students in her class. And she makes straight A's. And That's awesome. Her mom sends me like her spelling tests, and she has like hundreds. Yes. And they're so they're so happy. So overall, that was kind of the how both of those characters got put in the film, mm -hmm. and uh, I think they ended up working really well together to have yeah. that same parallel. Yeah. Well, you see, you see Kate, you know, write out. Um, uh, I think it's like a, it's like her. Is it her name or is it like a full sentence? So she writes out a full the full. So she kept repeating the same sentence over and uh -huh. over. You know, like the first time I opened this book, it changed my life. Yeah. And she was like, "This was the first time I ever saw words on a on a page. This is the first time I ever yeah. saw a book. And when I could open a book and see this." Then she was like, it, my life is different. And yeah. I was like, it's pretty insightful for a seven-year-old. You know, okay? I was like, yeah. and then that's when she was like, you know, I want to be an author now. And I yeah. was like, well, I can't even write. I can't even <laughs> write this well. So, I mean, it was it was amazing. So she starts to write, you know, the first time I ever read a book, it changed my life. That's right. And, and then so, her dad and then is her reading dad. it, and he's like, this is amazing. There's no upside-down letters. Yeah. There's no backwards letters. Yeah. His, like, like you see his mind, like, being blown. Mm -hmm. Just being yes. like, my daughter can write now. Mm -hmm. And then she writes her name for the first time, oh like, correctly gosh. ever, like, right on the spot. And so for me, like, that was, that's really the moment of the film, you know, oh, where okay. it's just, like, I, I felt like, you know, like, this is, this is the scene that makes it a film. This I felt like, payoff. you know, like this, this is, is this the is the payoff that you 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 cringe watching. through the rest of it with the tapping and the weird hand placements on mm -hmm. like their butts and like all of the <laughs> all of the like the weird inappropriate things that seem to be happening. That's kind of the payoff for being so cringy throughout mm -hmm. the rest of it. But yeah, the the dad was shocked and yeah. in awe whenever he you know came up behind her and saw that she could she could write and she could read it and not only that she was confident and she loved it yeah. because at the beginning of the week I couldn't even get her to read on camera sure. she would just throw the book at me she threw the book in the pools <sighs> yeah. she would just throw the book and yell at me and she was so angry because she was so embarrassed yeah so that's why you don't see. Uh, you don't see Kate reading at the beginning of the movie mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. to ever see it because she just wouldn't. She just yeah. wouldn't do it. So, gosh. Um, so um, just to in the time we have left, um, I think I want to talk a little bit. You mentioned you're um, studying documentary journalism. So, um, like, what kind of um, like pulled you in that direction? Like, you know, thinking before this film specifically, um, like, what draws you to that form rather than other forms of filmmaking? Sure. So uh, the the quick answer is that I've never been a great writer. So sure. I, so other people's stories they write themselves. I feel like, mm -hmm. and they're way better than anything I could ever do. <laughs> and they're also more meaningful when they're real at the end of the day. And those are real people and they're real human emotions. Yeah. And they're they're people that you get to explore, and not actors. And I love 
fiction film as well. But I went to the University of Missouri because they have they claim to have the best journalism school in in the, in the nation. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was really what my eyes were set on. And the documentary program was brand new. I'm only I'm the second graduating class of the program, wow. and it's endowed through Jonathan B. Murray. He's like the father of reality television. Okay. So our program's founded by him. He created you know the Kardashians, and that's wow. his name to fame. So he endows the program and the it's really it's a really small group of people it's 18 so it's really intimate and that's something that you don't really get in a college setting is something that's really intimate and really individual focused I guess on your projects so um, my junior year we chose emphasis areas and I heard about how amazing the documentary journalism program are and so they hand select eight like 15 to 20 people each year to be in the program yeah. that we get mentored by um, Robert Green who's a professional filmmaker like had films with Sundance like yeah, yeah. he's a, he's a big deal but we don't tell him that because then he gets a big head <laughs> so he's you know meant to produces all of our films mm-hmm. and then Stacy Wolf who's been in the industry for a million years now on the yeah journalism end he also advises us and produces our films so in that program we got the best of both worlds between the creative filmmaker Robert and the journalistic like ethics like by the book guy Stacy and it really produced it's been producing a lot of great like really powerful films that Mm -hmm. we're really trying to cross genres I guess between fiction and nonfiction films and so there's a lot of things in all of our film where they are more planned I guess so when in my film where Kate's in the pool like and it's this weird kind of dream sequence thing you know it's weird um, <laughs> like that kind of crosses more into the fiction side of things sure. and that more dreamlike state so for me documentary was always kind of where I wanted to go so I was always interested in telling stories and telling yeah. other people's stories and that was the best kind of avenue to get through like through journalism but also have the artistic creative side of filmmaking yeah. too Cool. That's that's awesome. Um, and so, um, are you working on anything now? Like, what's next after after this? So I graduated in May. Okay. So right now, I took a full time position at Southern Methodist University and kind of working on the side because filmmaking really doesn't pay the bills mm-hmm. until you make it big. Sure. Um, so I've been working on some smaller projects on the side, okay. and hopefully in the pre production stages of working with the doctor from um, 31st Dates, because it's based on a true story. Oh, okay. um, so that doctor's in Hawaii, and... Do you mean 51st Dates? Oh, yes, okay. 51st Dates, yeah, <laughs> of course. Yes, exactly what I mean, yeah. Um, he's, like, based in Hawaii, so we're trying to start do the early stages of pre-production with cool. doing a documentary about him and his actual work, so. Oh, great. Awesome. Um, so where yeah. can, is, is there anywhere people, people can uh, find your work or, like, keep up to date with what you've got? Yeah, so you can always, the the film has a website, it's in the dark doc.com. And hopefully the trailer's on there, and eventually after we play at, have our festival run, I'll put the film up so everybody can kind of see it too. So that's kind of the. The, the way we're going right now, the cool. avenue. So great. Um, well, thank you for being here. It was great to yeah, talk with you more about you. your film. Thank yeah. Thank you so much. It was great to be here. You bet. Thanks for listening. For more information on Nifty 2018 presented by Oculus, the talented youth, and more emerging filmmakers, check out nifty.org or find us on Facebook and Twitter at NFFTY or on Instagram at Nifty Film. And for more podcasts from Party Fish Media, follow us on social media at Party Fish Media. Party Fish Media.